All right, welcome. How's everybody doing? This is the Chris's. The Chris's. The Chris's. I'm Chris Kilala. I'm Chris McClarney. Chris actually lives here in Nashville. I do, yeah. He's a local native. Um, yeah, we're excited to be here. We just got in last night, but you guys have been going since Monday, I hear? Wow. We just ran into a, a woman at Starbucks, and she said, how was it? I slept in, and I said, oh, that's okay. Um, we'll be here tonight. She goes, actually, I'm not going to come to that either. I'm like, okay, well, you know, you just get as much rest as you need because it's a long <laughs> conference. So, no, we're, <laughs> it was amazing. We're really excited to be here. Um, we're just going to share for a few minutes, maybe just our, our own journey. There's a lot of people coming in. We'll let everybody get settled. We're going to share our own journey and then in, in a little bit dive into some Q&A because that's always the worship leader's excuse for not having to speak. Uh, right. But I promise you it'll be good. We'll give some great answers. So as we're talking, maybe you guys can think of some questions um, and move in. I don't know if they'll let us move in. They charge you by the night, right? We just got a big influx of people. <laughs> These seats are going for 50. <laughs> That's all you. Awesome. I think everybody's got a seat. There's a, oh, there's a couple more in here. I don't know if they're taken, though, up front. Well, again, welcome. For those who missed it, my name's Chris Kilala. This is Chris McClarney. We're really excited to be here. We're with Jesus Culture, and um, we're going to do some, some, some Q&A after, so as we're talking, just think of some questions. Um, but before that, we're just going to share just our brief story of how we got started involved in worship music and with Jesus culture, and then we'll go from there. Sound good? Yeah. Awesome, awesome. Well, I actually, I grew up in Redding, California, a small town. <clears throat> Woo! <laughs> One of you know where Redding is. Um, uh, at Bethel Church, um, I grew up there. I grew up playing drums with, with Brian and Jen Johnson, and um, and then picked up a, an acoustic guitar uh, that was in my, my mom's closet and, uh, when I was 14. And how many remember the Vineyard worship charts? Are, the, are, these most, are you guys mostly worship leaders or involved in worship music? Just so I know. Great. 
uh, Vineyard Worship used to, I don't know if they still do, but on the charts would show you how to play the guitar chords with the little dots, and that's how I learned how to play guitar. The first song I ever learned was called Arms of Love, old Vineyard tune, and um, that's sort of how I started. Never had formal um, guitar training. I just started getting thrown into leading worship um, at, at different things, street ministry, um, <coughs> mission trips, and then youth group. And, uh, and, and youth group is actually, our youth group at Bethel was actually um, where Jesus Culture started. So we were just a bunch of kids um, sort of making it up as we went along, um, just hungry for God's presence, hungry to see God move and touch our, um, our youth group and touch our city. And um, as we begin to encounter the Lord, we, we decided, hey, let's do a conference. Um, and so we, we threw together a conference. I remember at the conference, we made our own lights out of uh, you know, planks that we got at, at Home Depot and floodlights. And again, we were just, we didn't know what we were doing, but we, we were just trying to f- provide a place where, where people can counter God. And so we, um, we did a conference, and the next one I think we recorded the conference um, no, with no real intention other than, um, hey, let's just uh, capture what God's doing and see if our youth, kid, youth group kids buy it and uh, you know, they can listen to it in their home, at their home or in their cars and and um, someone posted one of our videos eventually on YouTube, and How He Loves, and, and we didn't even know what YouTube was at the time. And I think Kim says her brother had to tell her, hey, do you know, when you're, you know How He Loves is on YouTube? And Kim's reply was, what's a YouTube? And, uh, but that kind of launched sort of the, um, you know, it's as far as... Um, the, the ministry and things getting out there in a greater capacity, and so it's been an amazing journey. Um, again, I've been a part of it since the beginning. Chris has jumped in. We've been friends for a long time, for years, actually before the band formed, but um, has been a, traveling with us more in, um, in recent years, and so, um, yeah, that's my brief brief story introduction to Jesus Culture. That was a good one, Chris. Thank you. <coughs> uh, so I grew up here in Nashville. And uh, actually, it's so weird being here. The first place I ever l- led worship was directly across the street from here at a big church called Two Rivers Baptist Church. It, it doesn't exist anymore, but um, I was in the youth group, and I was about 14. I was at a home group, and they asked, uh, does anybody here know how to lead worship? And honestly, I thought, it can't be that hard. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, yeah, I know how to do it, right? You just <laughs> sing the songs and everyone sings along with you. So <coughs> I, uh, I, that's what I did. So I became the worship leader for that home group and then started leading worship for our youth group. And um, then was really, I, I should keep it brief. I mean, we've got time. We can do whatever we want. Yeah. Hey, we're in charge of this. Yeah. Um, so I, I started wanting to, as I was leading worship, I was like, oh, maybe I want to do music with my life. And was trying to get a record deal, because it's Nashville, and uh, ended, up, ended up talking to a record label. And while I was there, I just felt the Lord be like, no, this isn't, this isn't what I have for you. And my heart was like, I don't think I want to do this. Like, I don't want to get into the record business. So... Uh, I quit pursuing that, and actually, the Lord gave me a heart for the poor. So I moved into the inner city here in Nashville and just gave out food and clothing to 
to poor people and homeless. And, uh, the only music I was doing, it sounds like I'm doing this, but I'm not. Um, the only music I was doing was for, like, local kids in the neighborhood. And I honestly thought, like, I'm never going to do music again uh, outside of just this. And met my wife down there at the ministry. She wasn't homeless. She was one of... <laughs> Just had to clarify. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I don't know your stories. So, um, but for us, she was not one of the homeless people. She was there serving. And we met, and we were going to be missionaries to Brazil. Uh, but the first, we were going to take like six months and uh, before we jumped into the mission field and just figure out how to do married life. And um, like the third week, I got a phone call from a church here in in town, down in Franklin, and they said, hey, can you lead worship this weekend, and I was like, well, maybe I'll ask my wife if, if she's cool with it, and she was like, sure, and I led, and they took up an offering for us that day, and they gave me $6,000, <laughs> and that meant when they said, can you lead worship next week, I was like, oh, yeah, definitely, <laughs> oh, yes, very much so, I'll be there. Um, <laughs> and that turned into like, uh, 10, 10 years I was at that church. The Lord had us there. And about halfway through it, I felt like God said to me, Chris, I want you to make a CD. But you know how God sounds like you talking to your own self in the head? So I was like, God, is this you? <laughs> or is this me? Me? Is this me? Um, <laughs> and, uh, and so I said, God, if you'll provide the money, I'll do it, because I didn't want to go in debt over a stupid idea. And this guy emails me. I, I've never met him. This is a true story. I've never met this man. He emailed me and said, God told me to give you money. What do you need money for? And I was like, guitar strings, drum heads. And if you give me $15,000, I'll make a record. And he mailed me a check for $15,000. <laughs> Which brings me to how we really got connected. Because then I had to, I had to start writing songs. Because I was like, oh, I have to make a record. I have to start writing songs. So I started writing songs for my church. And we had become friends, I don't know, years before that. And he started recording songs that I was writing with his thing. So uh, that's how we became uh, BFFs, as, as they say. Uh, and then a few years ago... Uh, I felt the Lord was saying to record again, and it just felt like we should do something together. So they let me start traveling with them, and yeah, I guess that was five or six six years ago. Yeah, so that's how I'm in this crazy world. It's a good story. It's a great story. Mostly fact. Um, mostly fact. No, it is. Chris actually wrote, uh, Your Love Never Fails. Um, Not the one you're thinking of. <laughs> no, th it is the one you're thinking of. Your love never fails. And uh, I recorded that one. I stole it. No, but they're thinking of your love never fails and never <laughs> gives. I didn't write they that one. They stole that from him. They did steal it from me. We're all friends, though. So. Yeah. So this, <laughs> this is a seminar about song thieving. and uh <laughs> Plagiarism. Awesome. Well, hey, let's jump into some, we have plenty of time for some questions, and hopefully we'll give you a decent answer. So if you got anything re relating to, we can talk about songwriting, we can talk about 
uh, worship leading. Uh, we've both been worship pastors. It's, it's cutting in and out. Anything. So, so fire away. Or we can just hang out and stare at each other. I think we got one right up front. Yeah, uh, tell me about songwriting process and like how long did it take before you wrote something that you were like, yeah, this is great. Let's let's run with it. That's a that's a good question. I I think um, I'm I'm my I think we're all our own worst criti critics. So even now, still, I'm like I'm kind of reluctant <laughs> with with showing songs or even leading songs that I've written. I think what's really actually helped kind of break me out of that is co-writing, and so. A lot of times, uh, especially more recently, I'll, I'll bring an idea that I may think, you know, I got an iPhone memo, and I'm like, ah, that's, that's no good. And then I'll be in a writing session, and hey, what, you know, I don't know. You know I, I'm always, again, I'm always a little bit embarrassed by my, my ideas. And then I'll show it to someone like, ooh, like there's, that's great. Or just the last half of that, that's amazing. It'll spark something else. Um, so the process looks different. But for me, co-writing's been huge because I think everybody's got a little piece of the puzzle um, there are times where where God will give me a song and um, and, and it'll I'll mostly develop it my, on my own. But I feel like God loves the relational side of everything we do. But it, it, I think for as a songwriter, being able to co-write with someone, um, my friend Josh Silverberg, who actually lives here, we've written probably seventy songs in the last three or four years since I've met him, and uh, Miracles and Fierce and In the River and. A lot of those songs have just come out of, when I write with him, conversations we're having about God. So, um, like, miracles I actually wrote. I had a dream the night before, and I was like, Josh, I don't know, this, this may sound crazy, but I had this dream. We were writing a song called Miracles, so we, we, we wrote that song. Um, but, yeah, so, you know, talking about what God's doing, it, it looks different every co-write, but, um, but find great people that you, you, you work well with, and, and don't be afraid to... To just throw out ideas and make mistakes, and I don't know if that, that answers your question, but that's kind of my process. I love just getting together, talking with, especially with Josh, talking about what God's doing, and, and usually song comes from there. Oh gosh, um, <clears throat> a lot of my process is, you know, the times in worship where you have, uh, like, you finish a chorus and you have that like flow space, and you can just do whatever you want if your pastor's cool with it. <clears throat> um, I'll try, I'll just, in that moment, kind of do the cliff notes of what I feel like the Lord is doing in the room, and just sing stuff, and there's no rules, like, I mean, there are rules, your pastor has rules, I'm sure, but, but there's, I mean, you can really sing anything in that moment, and it's a, for me, it's a great way to get little song nuggets, because you know immediately if it works or not in a room full of people, and, um, then I can take those back to co-writes. Um, and then another thing I'll do is just play like the same four chords over and over and open up scripture and just sing through it. And a lot of songs that I've written have come like that. And then there's, uh, gosh, there's the times when you just feel like God gives you a song and it happens real quick. And uh, those are so few and far between that, I don't feel like it help, it's helpful to be like, just wait till God gives you something in a seminar. But uh, I think if you're diligent with the craft of songwriting and you practice and you take the time to put in the effort to learn how to craft a song, then when the Lord pours something out, then it's, it's going to be even better 
Uh, so I think there's no easy answer to the process. It's hard work, and I mean, he wrote 70 songs in the last few years. Uh, and I did, I like, when we had our last record, I wrote 50 songs in a year just to get ready. That was so that we could take the best 12, and then, or we took the best 15, and then we actually recorded 12, and then only 10 ended up on my record. So it was like, you know, how can we get the best songs and and then try them out in your church. I don't always try out the whole song. I'll just throw the chorus of a new song in with another song and just see what happens. And there's something weird about the moment right before you sing a new song in front of people and you suddenly realize it's not going to work or this is going to work. <laughs> but it's in that, that, that very split second before you sing the first note that you're like, no, no, no. It's not going to work. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it, Hopefully that's helpful. It's funny because actually one thing remains, the other your love never fails. <laughs> was It was actually written in, a, in it with Brian. It was actually just a spontaneous moment. And I remember playing drums for Brian and Jen for, a year, for about a year. We would ju- he would just sing that chorus and probably stole it from you, obviously. Yeah. But we'd play it. We'd just, he'd just tag it on at the end of a song, and we're like, there's something to this. And then eventually... Jeremy Riddle and Krista wrote verses and stuff. Let's go right here in the front. Yeah, Franklin. I was just wondering what your um, set list process looks like, working with your pastor, more in like a church service situation, you know. Um, You know, do you find out what the message is going to be about, or what does that whole process look like? That's a great question. Um... There's a lot of different answers, I think, to that because we, but in a in a church um, scenario, for instance, our our senior pastor at Jesus Culture is actually was our youth pastor, so we've ha- we've been together for years, and and I'm saying that because there's there's been trust that's been developed to where you know he doesn't ask to see our set lists. Um, it's more just practical, so they can get it to the you know to the lyrics and all that stuff. But um, th- I tried that for a little bit, I was initiating, I was like, hey, what are you speaking on? I'd love to facilitate, you know, what you're going into for your message, or even coming out of it, um, and we just haven't fully, you know, l- developed that, but there is just a trust that we've we've built over the years. I don't know if that answers your question, but that's our, we just kind of, so when it comes to practically picking a set, um, it's, we have a newer team locally, it's not the band that we travel with, and uh, actually a, a few of them here are, are, are some of our local team, but um, we don't have a place to rehearse, so our just our worship team has to be ready to play the song on a Sunday morning. So we on on Tuesdays, I'll connect with the co-leader, whoever's leading will connect with the co-leader, pick out a few songs. We try not to do more than one new song, um, and even then, that new song we one thing our our pastor Banning will say is like I want I don't want that to, he calls it just like the singer songwriter songs I don't want it to be one of those moody broody singer songwriter songs he picks something that the church is going to sing and so we try to keep it a one song um, a new song and we'll add we'll probably do on a Sunday morning we have twenty five to thirty five minutes depending on the Sunday um, for every we have three morning services and we'll probably pick f- five songs. 
and then maybe throw in an extra in case we get into rehearsal and the band's not, and, and that way we can pull in this other song that maybe um, is a little easier for the band or what have you. But that being said, we'll, we'll probably pick f five songs and try to leave room for moments. So, um, so we'll communicate with the pastor often like, hey, this is the end song, but, um, but we're just going to go until, until you're ready to either to come up and end it or, you know what I mean? So there's just kind of that freedom, that trust within our, I don't know if I answered your, your question, but it's a bit open-ended. But we do try to um, keep the songs um, we, we try not to add too many songs to set, so we do have more moments or space for moments if we feel like it. So I am the worst at picking out sets, like genuinely really, really bad at it. Um, I, ahead of time, I can do it in the moment, which I do most of the time, but <laughs> we have these people, we have these people at our church that get real stressed if you don't give them a list. So what I'll do is about Thursday, I'll put five songs in, and that just won't do them. <laughs> I, I think part of it is I like the risk of it, where you're like, risk-reward, like, this could fail. This could be horrible. It could train wreck, or it could be awesome. So, <laughs> and you can always just blame it on God. That's probably bad advice. But, but in reality, we'll usually start with the song, and we'll know what we're ending with, and then try and flow at least a little bit in the middle. I, we, love, we love to watch risk, like football games and everything, but we don't like to experience it. But I found sometimes when you just give the space and you take the chance to go off script, that God shows up in a big way. And it's a, it's a risk, and it feels risky when you do it. But something happens right past the moment of comfortable, and you... The band doesn't know what you're doing. They're, they're not, all of a sudden, they're not staring at their chart anymore. They're, like, listening to each other, and something cool happens. So, I, obviously, you can't do it in every situation, but I do like to throw those moments in as much as possible because it helps, it helps it feel more genuine, and I think that's what we're all going for. And what's funny to me is, I mean, we're in Nashville. We've got some of the best players in the world. What's funny to me is uh, even though nothing happens, like there's not a train wreck and there's not a hiccup, the, the crowd, the church really knows when it clicks over. Something happens in the room. And it's always fascinating to me because it's not like we made a big mistake. So they would know we weren't singing the song. But you'll, I'll have people come up and go, you didn't plan on singing that today, did, did you? And I was like, no, I didn't. And I, I don't know why it just happens. So in addition to picking out good songs like he was talking about, throw one of those bad boys in and see what happens. It does, yes. Oh, you know what we did start doing? Because you asked about uh, sermons. Uh, we actually started trying to write songs to go with our, I'm going to get, hey, film this so I can show it to my pastor. Um, so my pastor in this worship leading, uh, resources here, he wrote this book up here with a guy named Chris Tomlin. Um, so you should go buy that, right? Yeah. All right. You can cut it off now. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> my pastor's super cool, but we started, he would tell us what he was preaching on and we started trying to write songs around the sermon 
Sometimes it's successful. Sometimes it's really bad. But we try. So you could do that. <laughs> okay. Hi, my name is Serena. I'm actually uh, church planning in the Bay Area. Um, so nice. near your church. I've been to your church before. Awesome church. Um, what does your speaking engagement and uh, worship booking look like? What's the process behind that? <laughs> Brittany can actually answer this. Um, we have, are you talking about as Jesus culture or individually? Yeah. There's um, all of our information on our website, so you can actually get on there and, and fill out a little questionnaire. And it, it basically is just you give an information about your event or what you're looking to invite um, the team or an individual artist out for. And actually, that's the first place to start. So, yeah, on the website. Did I answer that well? <laughs> Thanks. What is the website number? Jesusculture.com, I assume. I assume. <laughs> <laughs> just on the website. Just on the website. The website. Sorry, Brett. So I noticed that both of you play guitar during the worship session. With your hands full, how do you communicate with the rest of the band, especially when you guys didn't have a chance to rehearse prior to that set? We, we actually missed one of the cues. Um, we're praying for healing. Our, our, our drummer, this, his, he, his eyesight's kind of poor. It's a true story. And so he missed. McClarney was trying to end a song. You know, you kind of, we got different. This is, what is this for you? Uh, bring it down? Yeah, I would do the same. Like, I'm about, I'm about to end this. Bring it down. He lifts up his foot. Um, Kim's got a bunch of hand signals. <clears throat> Chorus. Bridge. I don't know. She started doing this recently, the thumbs up. I think, and it's only on, like, one, one or maybe two songs. I think it's for, like, uh, it's for the, uh, it's not a bridge. It's the pre-chorus. Yeah, I called it that, but she said no. <laughs> but we all know, go to the pre-chorus. Exactly. See, you're watching. So we all just kind of have these, you know, and, but playing together certainly helps because we got a lot of history, um, a lot of history playing together and stuff. So we kind of know that's intuition, knowing where each other's going, but sometimes we don't. And it is a train wreck, wreck and it's awesome. But... I don't know if I answered your question, but we did have one of those this morning. I don't know if you caught it. So he, he was going to end it, and instead, I, caught, I saw you. I tried to end it, and the band just kept steamrolling through a chorus. And then you looked kind of like, well, I don't know what to do. So I went in to fight my battles. We were just making it up as we go along. <laughs> so, hey, we're all, on the same, we're all on the same page here then. I just want to know what's, wh tell me how your personal life, your personal walk with Jesus impacts what you do or how important it is. What's, what's that about? <laughs> <laughs> he said that's personal. <clears throat> I mean, obviously, it impacts everything. I, like, we can't get up in front of people and invite them to step into something that we aren't willing to do ourselves. And um, I think the fact that we're able to kind of flow on the stage is a direct 
outpouring of what is happening when I'm sitting at the piano alone, <laughs> worshiping. And I'm not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. There's lots of days where, you know, I forget to read my Bible and I don't worship. But I think more often than not, I find my heart in communion with God, even when I'm driving. or It's just like, Lord, you know, I'm, he's constantly on my mind. And I try and take those moments to take a breath and, like, focus because something happens when you just focus on him and everything changes it's amazing so yeah i think it impacts everything that we do on especially the things that we do on stage um yeah we were we were challenged by our pastor in reading years ago bill johnson he said um and it was as jesus culture was starting to you know influence was growing we were getting we were traveling the world he said um he said something that stuck with me. He said, never let your, your fame get bigger than your anointing. And, um, and for me, and, and a lot of us, that just really, it, 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 it reminded us that, hey, we don't have anything to offer other than Jesus. So, or, you know, so when we do these nights of worship and, and we've done festivals, we're hesitant to do festivals, and, but then we started doing festivals and we're like, um, but, but our prayer in our heart was always the same. It was like, we just want people to encounter Jesus. Whether people are coming for a concert, they're here for a festival, um, we want people to encounter Jesus. We want people to leave talking about Jesus. So that being said, that we, like he mentioned, we can't, we can't offer people something that we don't have. And so we have to find Jesus for ourselves in the secret place. And so, um, so for us, that's, it's, it's really what it's all about. Like the, um, being on stage isn't the end game, you know, so... Um, I hope that answers your question. Okay. Hello. Um, Hello. I'm just curious about uh, maybe your story of discipleship into the ministry that you've gotten into and what that looked like and how that impacted your ministry now. And then also ways in which you're doing that and what tools you use to do that in your own churches currently. Mm. Gosh. That was a really good one. So <clears throat> I definitely had people that, yeah, get a good shot of me. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> yeah, and another thing, <laughs> a good action shot. Uh, I, I had people early on that allowed me uh, to lead worship with them and then were willing to speak into me. It was a true discipleship where they were like, hey, when you did that thing, it, it didn't work. And I was like, oh, okay. And they, they poured into me. And those guys are, are still, two of them in particular, one, one's named Benji Cowart and the other is Travis Cottrell. And they're still doing music. And they took the time to pour into me, a nobody. And it was, it changed my life. It honestly did. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for them or that guy that mailed me money. That was amazing. <clears throat> So, uh, yeah, discipleship, I think, is a big deal. At our church, we have a whole discipleship structure that would be complicated to try. <laughs> but they, and for me personally, we do a lot of co-leading with other, like I'll get people on stage the same way that they poured into me. I want to make sure that we're pouring into people as well. What about you? Um, for me personally, Banning, our pastor, he was my youth pastor, um, he was always in my life. I gave him a place to speak into my life. I remember I met him when I was 12 and, um, my family walked through a bunch of stuff. And I remember for a year, 
year and a half straight, he, he invited me over to his house. He invited me to hang out every single day. He, I didn't have a car. He'd come pick me up. Um, <clears throat> so for me, it really was that life on life um, discipleship. Not everybody gets that, and we can't offer that to everybody. Um, but I will say something that I learned about um, just in my relationship with Banning is he wasn't afraid to, 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 give, to push someone out somewhere where they weren't ready. So for me, for instance, I was a drummer and totally comfortable being a drummer, and he was constantly like, you're not playing drums anymore. You're going to lead worship. And I didn't like being in, on, you know, in the front of the stage. I didn't feel ready. I didn't feel equipped. Oftentimes, you know, if I'm being real, I don't always feel ready or equipped. Um, just because my personality, I, I, you know. And so he was, so for me, discipleship and my relationship with him, it was just this constant, like, someone saw more in me than I saw in myself. And I think that's probably the, you know, the biggest impact anyone's had in my life is just him saying, like, hey, there's more in you. There's, all, there's so much more. There's so much more. Step out. Step out. Take risks. Fail. Not morally, but fail. You know, don't be afraid to, <laughs> don't be afraid to get out there. Take risks. Um, to fail. We'll figure it out. We'll figure out, you know, what we can change. And that's kind of the culture we grew up in. I would say Chris did, too. Um, especially Bethel was just like, hey, go for it. Like, go for it. If you're going to take a risk, risk big. Like, um, and so we're, we're, we're just, we were just really blessed to have leaders in our life like that. So I'd say now that I'm a worship pastor, we have a, a really young team, amazing team. It's funny because when I started, <clears throat> being on a worship team wasn't cool. It wasn't like a thing. It was just something I, had, I felt called to. And now it's become a thing, it feels like. I don't know. You know, you know what I mean? Like back in the day, it was delirious, and we all wanted to be delirious. <laughs> Um, but there wasn't a whole lot of like, and so the musicianship in churches and everything's gone up. So we have some amazing musicians. I think the thing that I, myself, and I'm sure Chris, being a worship pastor, that I'm trying to teach our team is like, hey, don't, don't skip the process. You're, you're able to, and like I was, um, in a lot of ways, be able to, 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 you know, have someone's ceiling become my floor because of those who have gone before us, you know, Brian and Jen and and even Bill Johnson was a worship leader. Um, so now just teaching these people, like, hey, here's your inheritance. But, um, but, don't, but don't just uh, come in. you got to learn servanthood. you got to learn, you know, humility. you got to learn. I know you're gifted and you're talented and, and you show up and, and sounds amazing now. I mean, we had, remember, hot spots. Maybe some of you still have hot spots. Like, you got, you got, a, you got a green room now. Like, this is kind of just the world that's been created but don't forget, hey, there's, you know, there's a richness, there's a depth, there's a history that we're, we're allowing you to come and be a part of. And so I think that's something we're trying to teach our team is like, um, because they do, they show up, the stage is set up. This, I remember with traveling with Brian and Jen, I remember one church coming and the church that invited us in was like, all right, here's the sound system. Um, church starts at six. Um, so we'll be back soon. And so Brian and I were like, we started setting up speakers and plugging in cables. And it just was what, you know, it, it was what it was. It was like, this is what we're doing. We're called to it. We're, we're setting up. We're tearing down. We're sleeping on church floors. Anyhow, all that to say, like, I think, I think the beautiful part about where I'm at li in life now is just, hey, like, you have this amazing opportunity. Things are definitely a lot further down the road than when I started. But um, what I would love to see more developed in you is your character and your heart and, and, and the heart of a servant and so and we really do we have a lot of t those on the team that have served on production you know for the our drummer actually that's with us he served on our production team for a year before we even knew he played drums 
He was just serving. He was just showing up at, you know, whenever we load in, 5.30, 4.30 sometimes to, to set up because we're a mobile church setting up. He was running, plugging in cables and grabbing things. And now, and then we did a rehears- uh, audition a year into our church plant. And he's our, you know, he's our, our favorite guy. <laughs> so anyhow, uh, that's just what discipleship looks like for us. I don't know if that answers your question, but it's just really life and life. Hot spots were the, you know what a hot spot is? Yeah, the little speaker that went on the mic stand, and you could, you'd, you'd spin it, and it'd twist on, and then it had a little volume knob that click, and oh, man, we've come a long ways. So I want to tie a couple of other, kind of follow-up couple questions that, that intersect for me. So I love what you said about the... Um, your personal journey, your personal spirituality, feeding into the capacity to usher in and host the glory of God. And I love that, especially with you with being in Nashville. How do you feel about um, the worship team as outreach, uh, having unsaved members, great musicians come in? Do you know what I'm saying? Because that's the community you're reaching out, and this is their language, and it's a way of bringing them in. And I understand it's going to have a lot to do with the senior pastor's philosophy about this. I get that. Um, but, you know, having that unsaved drummer, having that unsaved bass player come hang out with your crew and start getting Jesus rubbed off on him. And how do you feel that intersects with or interrupts or assists the capacity for that worship team, that gumbo soup, to bring in the glory of God? Wow. That is a really, really good question that I don't feel qualified to answer. <laughs> You already stole my answer. I was going to be, oh, yeah, that's my senior pastor's call. Um, but then you were like, I know it's going to have to do with that, but what's your thought? I mean, honestly, they, I mean, it's a tough one because in some ways I think that it's super cool to have people involved. We have stuff that's not always on stage that, we, that we're able to have people be involved with where we're just – jamming together and having fun and we can make music together uh i as of right now because it's nashville it's not like we're short like we need anybody so it's because of that for us i would i think i'd rather have if i had to pick between two awesome drummers and one they're equally awesome and one loves the lord i'm gonna pick that guy which is the situation that we're in now uh, so, yeah, I, honestly, that's a really good question, and I, I just don't have a good answer. How many, how many unsafe people you got on your team? Probably half, it seems like. <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. Our team's, our team's amazing. They're all amazing. They're all amazing. Um, <laughs> I feel like I feel like it was Hillsong. I saw a video. It was like a testimony. Um, one of their church plants. I believe it was Hillsong, but I, forgive me if I'm wrong. Um, in in um, Eastern Europe, where they were starting a church and they didn't have any musicians, similar situation, and they brought in, you know, I think it was a drummer, a bass player. They were unsaved, and they ended up getting saved. And I think one of them is actually like the senior past, the lead pastor at that campus. Um, so I mean, it just kind of it's it, it's kind of for me, um, I think the Lord sees the heart, and I think we, we can we're, we're good. We have better discernment than we give ourselves <clears throat> credit for. Um, one of my favorite guys that's on our team now. I've been friends with him for years, 
Um, he's had an amazing, you know, just quite the journey with, with drug addiction, and and um, he's walked through a lot. And I remember Norm, yeah. Norm, um, in the middle of all that, we were working on albums, and he was, you know, he was still struggling with stuff. And our producer was like, "Hey, why don't you come in and help out in the studio?" And he started helping the studio, and then was like, "Hey, why don't you come on tour with us and help?" you know, help push around boxes and set up and stuff, and and God met him, like his life was, he encountered the Lord, and he grew up in church, you know, had a, had a rough go for a bit, and, but on tour with us, you know, I remember on side stage, him, him weeping, he encountered God, and, and um, now he's one of our main uh, musicians and, and uh, singers at church, and so you just never know what, but again, I, I think it's more relational, um, obviously with the pastor, but you know, I think God, I know God obviously cares more about the person than the position, so you see people's heart, and you, you know, I'd, I'd hate to be, um, I'd hate to be a leader that would value someone's talent more than their, than their, than them, you know, than, than, than their heart or where they're at with the Lord, so I think that's what it comes down to, it's like, you know, we were talking about discipleship, that's what it is, it's like, hey, like, I care, even someone that's saved, and, you know, you see them struggling, it's like, hey, I care more about you bring in, you know, all your talent on Sundays, like, hey, let's take a break um, and, and sort this out. You know what I mean? So I, I think it, you just got to be, you know, use your discernment. And you just got to see people's heart. And, and anyhow, I'm rambling now, but it's a good answer, decent answer. Um, what tips would you have for encouraging children in worship? Because for a lot of kids, it's just noise and some of them will get excited and run and so on but really trying to introduce them to the spirit in the midst of that mm. I have four kids you have three kids um I think it's I think it's so fun and I you know um we have on Sundays we'll see our our children's ministry we call it game changers game changers about two songs in you'll see this just row every service this just line of little little ducks, kind <laughs> of look like little ducklings, come in, um, you know, in the back of the auditorium, and you, I'll actually feel something change. Like, I don't know if it's just the kids bringing their presence, their joy, but we love it, and some of them are goofing around, some of them are entering, they're figuring it out, but I think we lead by example, it, you know what I mean? So I'm actually trying to be more aware of this at home, is like, what atmosphere am I cultivating at home, um, where I could easily, <clears throat> you know, let them just jam kids bop all day long, you know, but there's something that actually when we're intentional, like, hey, let's put on this, this, you know, let's do some worship, I'll pull my guitar out, and sure, they'll think it's funny, and they'll, um, but then you'll actually see them kind of change, and, 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 but they'll catch it, they're, they're, they catch more than we, we give them credit for, but I say we just gotta, we just gotta continue to lead by example, and be intentional with it, I'm learning, this is for me, I'm learning to be, try to be more intentional, and to be honest, like, being a worship leader, songwriter, like, I don't like listening to a lot of worship music all the time just because I'm so, like, my brain starts dissecting, how did my friend write this song or <laughs> what, you know, <clears throat> am I, did I write, th- I don't know if I'm getting a, co- you know, uh, uh, I don't know, but my brain just starts going there, so I just, so I'm like, nah, I'm trying to be more intentional with, like, you know, to worshiping with my kids, and they, and I find that when, when I do, they actually really, they really engage, and, and they really encounter the Lord. So I don't know if that answers your question, but you just got to be intentional with it. I love leading worship for kids. I feel like me 
and a five-year-old have about the same attention span. <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> and I spent, yeah, yeah, I'm a little less. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I led worship for kids for a lot of years, and honestly, it's some of my favorite worship times because they're not judging you at all. It's the best. You can do anything you want. There's literally no rules in kids' church. <laughs> I love it. And we, were, we grew up uh, just with the culture that, like, the kids don't get a junior Holy Spirit. Like, everything, you know, they get full access to, to, to God, the Holy Spirit. And so that's kind of how we approach, we try our best to approach our kids' ministry and, and, our, and our worship with our kids. So... So, obviously, you guys are well-known for spontaneity and just flow it, flowing in the spirit. Um, and there's also, you know, the other side of that that kind of argues against that. So, I guess my question is, how do you guys deal with the criticism of your songwriting? And, you know, uh, I think your songs bring us into the presence of God, um, but some other people may, you know, feel a little differently. So, just how do you deal with that? Are people criticizing our songs? What's a, what's a YouTube? Um, you know, it's funny because when we started, we were, we were, I don't know if naive is the word. We just didn't really have any grid for, like, we weren't trying to be on radio. We weren't trying to, um, you know, it was, we weren't even trying to record albums. Honestly, we, we sort of stumbled into that. And as, as we felt like, oh, well, we got we to, gotta, this is happening. We need to become better stewards of it. There is that tension of like, wh how do we protect, you know, you know, our our heart, our sort of our 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 I don't know flavor, <laughs> our how we flow, what we do, and still, you know, develop our craft. As far as we talk about songwriting, um, being intentional with set lists, um, and so I think um, I think God's not afraid. Uh, I think we we tend to be more afraid of in in our world. Um, plans that kind of scare us, um, but I've found too that like we can, if we're talking set lists, like I can encounter the Lord on Tuesday, and He can He can speak to me about what songs you know we should we should lean into for Sunday and come prepared for that, but also be prepared for in the moment. I love what our drummer Josh Fisher, who plays who plays a lot at, at Chris's church, he used to say, "Hey, we practice, we practice, we practice." We were talking about albums, practice, we practice, we practice. We're excellent, so when we get on stage, anything can happen. So I think that's sort of been our mentality is like we want to do our best to be prepared, um, whether that's with, with um, set list or working on an album or songwriting, uh, stewarding our, uh, our, you know, that gift. But then it's also so when we get on stage, it's like anything can happen. Does that make sense? And so I think ultimately – we have to kind of shut out those, you know, there's opinions, other voices um, when it comes to, to leading. And we've been given freedom. Like tonight, we've we're, we have a longer set. Um, we, we obviously want to honor the times that we're given, but we have a longer, we're going we're gonna to flow. We're going to see what, what happens. And so um, I'd say you just got to step out and risk. You got to trust God that he's going to meet you in those times. But I don't know if that answers your question. I, I think we just tend to like, we got to brush off those comments. Um, but at the same time, I don't know if we're talking about in in a in a, in a in, in, when we're invited to places, we're obviously going to respect time, 
in the time we're given. So I don't know if that answers your question. But for us, it's like we, we come prepared. We want to be excellent. But we also want to just leave room for the Holy Spirit to do whatever he wants. And so did I answer that? Yeah. And the criticism thing, did I answer that? Oh. Uh, I cry myself to sleep. That's how I deal with it. Um, <clears throat> no. Um, honestly, with the songwriting stuff, I go out of my way to really try and make sure that every word that I write is anchored in Scripture. And then at that point, like, people can think what they want. But, <laughs> like, and what I'll do is I'll try and tie every line. Like, if you look in my uh, Google Docs at new songs I've written, I'll have little scripture references beside a lot of the lines. What I'll try and do is just make sure that, like, does this song line up with what scripture says, and can I point back at scripture with it? <clears throat> and then I'll take my lyrics, and I'll send them to some pastors that I really trust and just say, tear it apart, like, feel free. And that, for me, is my safety net. What I don't want to do is get people singing things that aren't biblical. So I get the argument that people might have, and, you know, there's lots of people that are mad about God's love being reckless. You know, good for them. Like, <laughs> I, but I get their, their point. They're saying, so the, they're arguing about the definition of reckless in that moment. And if they don't want to sing it, that's fine. But uh, I understand where, you know, Corey was at when he wrote the song was a different kind of reckless. So... You know, that, pe that, that kind of stuff will always be argued about. And, and so you can't really let it get to you on the criticisms. I actually wrote, we, we wrote Fierce, and I recorded it. And there was a line in there that we knew, like, some people might not get. Like, we got it. It was, um, um, anyhow, I don't even remember it. But someone, someone actually mentioned it to our pastor. And so we're like, okay, so if this line's going to trip someone up, like, it's worth changing. Yeah. And so even, if it, even though it made sense to us, like, we could explain the theology behind it. Um, but at first, sort of impression, you know, some, if someone's going to stumble on it, then l let's change it. And what I love about Matt Redman, who I've had the privilege of writing with a few times, and I, I think you've written with Matt, is he, <clears throat> he's, he impresses me because he thinks of the body of Christ as a whole, Catholic, Protestant, like, every denomination. And he was giving an example, like, you know, when, when we're talking about the blood of Christ, like that actually means, or communion, that means something different in, in different denominations. So I want to be mindful of, can, they si can every denomination sing this? Um, so it's a big deal. It's a big, it, this is the question you asked. I answered it wrong the first time, right? Oh, okay. Anyhow, it's very important. <laughs> One more. Let's go to the back. Wait, yeah, all the way in the back. Right, yeah. He's dressed better than any of us at the moment. <laughs> so two questions, actually, really quick. So can you talk about, in the, in the military, we are, as chaplains, we, we minister to multiple faith-based backgrounds. And I, oftentimes I find it hard to pick a good worship song for them. So can you talk about that a little bit and how you, you would do that as a worship leader and as a band? Anything Matt Redman's written, I guess. <laughs> 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 I mean, <laughs> yeah. Uh, she had the best answer. How great is our God? 
I mean, honestly, there's songs that come along that everyone can sing along to. How great is our God, you know, hear him to worship, you know. That every now and then, every few years, a new one of these, like, anchor songs comes along. And it's awesome because you can go to any country in the world and you just start saying, how great is our And they'll start singing it in their own language. It's like the best thing in the world. So those kind of songs, when you find them, you know, use those is what I would say. That's, that's really good. Cause I think I find that it seems like the songs that are really just clear, like 10,000 Reasons, just truth, it's clear. Those are the ones that um, maybe as a whole, the church, it's easier for people to grab, even unsaved. They're like, oh, that makes sense. Like, he died for me. You know, he forgives my sins. We have a lot of songs that are a little more abstract, um, like even F- Fierce being examples, like got a lot of water references, fi- you know. So I think songs that are just really simple, scripture, um, are probably the, the easiest ones to lead in those settings, if that makes sense. Yeah, perfect. Thank you. And then secondly, have you ever thought about um, doing some type of worship event on a military base? In Hawaii? In Hawaii. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're in. That's it. Just to talk to Brittany here. We'll come. No, that would be it. We'd be honored to. Seriously, that'd be incredible. We've had conversations about it but have never actually um been able to to lock anything in but we would be super honored to so all right all right is that it thanks guys can we just pray over you guys yeah we stand up chris why don't you pray over i will (laughs) thank you chris lord i thank you for what you're doing at this conference and and each heart here and uh lord i don't want to take for granted your presence and just how good you are to show up when we call on you and so right now i just want to say holy spirit come and i don't know exactly how impartation works but lord i just pray over them an impartation that you would fill them up from the bottom of their feet to the top of their head and You would increase their ability to receive. Give them bigger cups, Lord, and then fill those up, Lord. And I pray that we would all leave this room and and we'd be about your business at our churches and and at our places of work and at our schools, Lord, that you would follow us. We don't want to leave here unless you go with us. So come with us, Lord, and uh, work through us and work through them, Lord, and... uh, yeah. Chris, you got something else to add? Lord, can Chris add something? <laughs> Amen. Thank you so much for spending time with us. Hey, guys, thanks so much for coming. Hey, we do have to clear the room um, quickly. We've got another session in here, so if you would, that'd be great. Thank you, guys.